0: Welcome to the Living Room Worship Podcast with your host, Crystal Luster. Join me in my living room right now so we can explore in a fresh way what worship looks like in everyday life. Greetings, good people. It is Crystal Luster, your host, and welcome to Living Room Worship. If this is your first time joining us, I want to say a grand and hearty welcome From me to you, I'm so glad that you've decided to join me. I hope that you are in your living room right now listening or wherever it is that you feel most comfortable, hopefully at home. Hope that you're staying safe and all of those wonderful things. This quarantine has been a lot. And, you know, what we like to do here in the living room worship is talk about life, everything that concerns us, big, little, important, unimportant crazy, funny, whatever it is, and how we can, we can pursue Christ in the the midst of it, you know, what faith looks like and how it plays a role in every aspect of our lives. And so it's funny, you know, with this quarantine and with COVID-19 and everything that's going on, um, last week, we had a lot of fun. If you didn't tune in last week. I I wanted to kind of lighten the mood a little bit and and talk about some humor. So definitely check that out. Lots of funny uh, church sign sayings and I'll probably be doing some more of that. Got a great response. Um even did some video on Facebook. Um so please continue to connect with me on social media. I love to connect with my listeners from wherever you are. I'm, I would really, really love to connect with you guys. So please continue to do that. And I would also really love it if you can leave, um, you know, any type of comments or reviews or different things like that and continue to spread the word. Um, I feel like this has been a beacon of hope definitely for me. I feel more hopeful when I'm able to talk about these topics and engage with my listeners, and so I appreciate you all um but you know, like I was saying, in the midst of covid nineteen and all of the effects that it's having on the world and everything concerning us um it's it's really affecting so many different areas, so not just you know last week we were we were touching on just needing to laugh, you know, get out of the the bad news bearer mode, right, but also it's affecting things like i was talking to a friend of mine who just had a baby you know people don't stop having babies or stop you know having emergencies or needs to go to the doctor just because this quarantine is happening and so my friend was you know in hospital and she hasn't been able to see her baby and she put a post up on facebook just basically venting talking about how sad she is how angry she is how she's not okay And I was, you know, reading the comments and people were encouraging her. And of course, everybody means well. They're just like, oh, you know, praying your strength in the Lord. And, oh, you know, everything's going to be fine. We're going to be great. And just keep your head up and, you know, don't feel that way. And I'm like, I know people mean well, but I also know what it's like to be in a situation where things, they just suck. And I'm sorry, I hope I don't offend you if, if saying the word sucks. You know, it doesn't make you feel great, but it, you know, it doesn't feel great. Sometimes, sometimes it sucks and it's okay to say that it's okay to say that you're not okay. God is not intimidated or afraid of our feelings. He created them. He gave them to us and I believe that he wants us to use them. I want, I believe that he wants us to communicate them to him. The Bible says in Philippians that we should not be anxious for anything, but instead with prayer and supplication, make our requests made known to the Lord, right? So when we are communicating our emotions, like all of that is encompassed with that. You know, if you have emotions, be able to talk to the Lord about it. And on top of that, we should be able to talk to friends. And so I took it upon myself to comment on her post. I was like, you know, it's it's okay to not be okay. You want me to run amok, you know, <laughs> It's funny because I think this is an ongoing conversation that I like to really just pull back the layers on in living room worship in particular, but just in my everyday life. When it comes to typical Christian, cliche Christian responses, right? Of course, I am not knocking the Bible. I love the word. I love Jesus. I love being a Christian. I think sometimes we have this stereotypical idea that boxes us in as non-human right it's just like robots that just shoot off the at the mouth any type of biblical reference without actually being human in a process and I think the the human part of it that humanity sometimes we have to remind ourselves that Jesus was fully God and fully man so yes all-knowing righteous just perfect in every way and then he's also man who had these emotions, who felt these pains, who had this compassion. That's what I love so much about Jesus. Like Jesus was for real. He was that dude, right? And so I think that it was important for me. Like she she expressed her gratitude. Her and somebody else expressed their gratitude for my response because I was one of the first people to just be like, you know, who I got to fight. You know what I mean? Does that mean that I'm going to actually go to the hospital and start fighting folks? no and And I don't think that she expected me to do that, but sometimes you just need somebody to be on your side. sometimes you just need to feel supported in that moment, especially i don't I don't know how much this is from for men um the more that I'm learning about my husband, which y'all if you're in quarantine with your spouse, God bless you. I have been learning a lot about my spouse and uh communication and what's important to him and so you know I thank God for him he is the apple of my eye definitely I'm not just saying that because I low-key just said it's been a struggle I mean it's always a struggle when you're cooped up in the house with somebody but um, I think that it's important to, to know, I, I can definitely say as a woman, it's important to know that I am supported, you know, as a as a wife, I need my husband to listen to me, even when I'm on a crazy rant during that time of the month, ladies, you know how we get, let us not pretend like we don't get that way, because we do, and I'm like shouting out all of these random things like, hold me, don't touch me, don't breathe my air, come closer. Why aren't you rubbing my feet? I need snacks. Please help me. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. I feel fat. Tell me I'm beautiful. You know, all of these different emotions that are happening when we are going through those hormonal changes. And it's like his job is not in that moment, it's not to understand. Everything that's coming out of my mouth is just to make me feel heard and to feel comforted. And it works. It helps. It's when your children, you know, if you if you have kids, you could have just reprimanded them for something that they did wrong. Nine times out of 10, even if they feel bad or they feel upset that you just, you know, popped them for doing something wrong or took something away, punished them in some way, a kid wants their mom because that's their source of comfort and discipline. And they just want to feel that that comfort, even if it doesn't make sense or if they're crying because they got a scratch that honestly, it doesn't even look like it's there. What do we do, moms? We're like, oh, let me kiss it. Let me make it feel better. It's ridiculous. It probably doesn't even hurt, but we comfort them because it makes sense because we want them to feel supported and comforted. And so I really wanted to just touch on that today. This idea. Of saying the right thing at the right time right you can have a good answer but it is the is it the right answer for the moment and this is definitely biblical so in Proverbs chapter 25 verse 11 this is the message version it says the right word at the right time is like a custom-made piece of jewelry now just let that sink in for a second a custom-made piece of jewelry I don't know about you I love jewelry Okay, I I'm very simplistic with my jewelry taste, but I love jewelry. I love gold. I love silver. I love diamonds. I love birthstones. My birthstone is a sapphire. You know, I love things that are that are very beautiful and elegant and and you know unique in nature. <clears throat> I love pearls. I love opal stones. You know, all of these different beautiful gems that the Lord put in this earth for us to enjoy and to, and to gaze upon and he's incorporated even in scripture throughout the building of the tabernacle and so on. And it's like, if you have something that you like, something that is custom made, that is just for you, that is just to your liking, right? That is what is is synonymous with the right word at a right time. Think about how you feel when you get something that you want, that's just for you. If, if I can make this, Be more about like a a custom outfit right you know when you go to the store and you buy pants that don't fit and you're just like okay this sucks now I have to go back to the store try to get some different pants maybe they don't have them or you know maybe they fit right in the waist but they're they're too short or they're too long or they're too tight in the waist, but they are perfect in the legs or all of these different things right so you have to try to figure out okay what can I do in the process How can I make this work out for my good? And then you have to take into consideration, is it the fault of the seamstress? Is it the fault of the designer? Is it the fault of the store, right? No, it's not. It's inconvenient for you. But it's something different when you have something that's tailor made for you. You know, people have all these different ideas of how they're going to design something, what they put together, so on and so forth. But when someone is designing something for you, with you in mind, it's different it fits it works it makes you feel good it makes you look good it's so like refreshing right and that's what this is being compared to this idea that the right word at the right time is like a something that's custom made for you and what does that entail like i just said if if someone is making something for you they're thinking about what you would want they're thinking about how it will fit for you they're thinking about what it'll make you look like what it'll make you feel like those different things like if you have a, a custom made um product or something like that that you either ingest or that you apply onto your body people that are making something that's custom for you they're going to take into consideration if you have allergic reactions to certain ingredients or you know different things like that so you just think about how amazing it is when you have something that is just to your liking now that does not mean that we should just go around saying whatever our friends think that we should say or or saying what we think they want to hear right that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that the right word at the right time is like a custom made piece of jewelry the right word at the right time is refreshing it's a blessing another scripture in proverbs chapter 15 verse 23 this is the new living translation it says everyone says everyone enjoys a fitting reply it is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time this is again expressed almost synonymously you know, just a few chapters back about how fitting it is, how wonderful it is, how how exciting and, and, and refreshing it is to get the right word at the right time. So, of course, I want to give another example that involves Jesus, right? A lot of people know this story where Jesus, this is coming out of John chapter 8, and I'm going to be reading from the message translation says jesus went across to mount olives but he was soon back at the temple again swarms of people came to him he sat down and taught them this was jesus everyday life again this podcast is for the church and the unchurched if you know nothing about god if you just kind of stumbled across what it is that i'm doing here in living room worship i'm just gonna break it down real plain and simple because we're in the living room that's how we do things here so jesus is just out doing his thing minding his own business he went to the temple because that was his place where he would hang out. And of course, like he was that dude. So people just like flowing to him like, man, what's up? Where's Jesus at? I need to highlight him, so on and so forth. And he sat down. He's like, all right, I'm 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 about to spit some knowledge to y'all. Okay. He's talk, He's teaching them. He's talking to them, so on. So the religion scholars and Pharisees led in a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They stood her in plain sight of everyone and said, teacher, this woman was caught red-handed in an act of adultery. Moses, in the law, gives orders to stone such persons. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something incriminating so they could bring charges against him. So I'm going to stop right there and just kind of set it up again. So in walk the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious scholars. These are the people who are like super knowledgeable but they have no real relationship. They have religion without relationship. They're legalistic. They just want all of the different um, things done and, you know, abiding by the law. They're the type of people that think like, if I do the right thing, then I'm gonna get to heaven. But, you know, the Bible says that you have to, the only way to get into heaven is with Jesus, is believing in Jesus, professing him as your Lord and savior, right? All right, so they hating on him. They're trying to figure out how can I get this dude to be arrested so that we can, you know, get rid of him because he's disrupting everything that we've been trying to set up, getting people to stick by the law instead of believing in this Messiah, right? So they're like, "All right, cool. We are going to bring this lady cuz we already know what the scripture says. They say to stone him. But of course, if they're like, oh, Jesus said to kill somebody, he's not as nice as y'all think he is, right? That's this is how they're trying to set stuff up. So they go and find this woman cheating on her husband. Or maybe she's cheating with a married man. I'm not sure. It doesn't get into too much detail. Doesn't even say her name. But this woman was caught red-handed in the act of adultery. Okay. <laughs> it reminds me of that song. I forget the guy's name who sings it, which is probably bad because I'm a singer, but whatever. It's like you know, called me on camera, it wasn't me, it was her, they found her, and <laughs> they were like, all right, Jesus, the scriptures say, you know, to stone her, what do you say, and they're like, well, if he says to stone her, then yeah, he's the bad guy that's going to stone her, or if he says don't stone her, because, you know, he's been preaching compassion and forgiveness and redemption, then he's going against what the law says, and we can, you know, arrest him for that, so they're trying to set him up. So it goes on to say the religious scholars and Pharisees led. Oh, I read that already. Sorry, guys. Um, It goes on to say they were trying to trap him into saying something incriminating so they could bring charges against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger in the dirt. He chilling. He cool. Like this is what I love about Jesus. In the midst of any type of storm, Jesus' first response is never panic. He's never like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? What's he going to do? And I'm going to be real honest with you. I do that sometimes. Like when stuff happens, I go into this. Okay, let me figure out what to do right away. Jesus is so calm. And this is why I love Jesus because he just continues to teach me how to just inhale, exhale and be like, all right, what's the wise thing to do here? And, and, you know, wisdom oftentimes goes a little slower than than foolishness because foolishness, you know, it's real right now. Quick decisions, split decisions, all of that. And so he's right in the dirt. Like he just minding his own business. He's so chill with it. And so they kept at on badgering him. He straightened up. He stood up and he says, the sinless one among you go first, throw the stone. So in this way, Jesus response was so dope, right? Because he's, he's not going to play into their games of course he's Jesus he's fully God and fully man he knows what they're trying to do they're obviously their motivation is not justice their motivation is trying to set him up so he's not going to incriminate himself by giving them some type of ammo because it's not it's not the time yet for him to be taken to the cross right so he's not going to say something against the law because the law is still the law like he fulfills the law Um, if that doesn't make sense to you, shoot me an inbox. I would love to get into a deeper conversation. We've touched on it here and there, and I will touch on it more, but you know, Jesus fulfills the law. And so the law is not the end all be all because we could never live up to the expectation of the law. That's why we have Jesus. So, but he's also going to point out, you know, the other side of the coin where it's like, okay, you who are very legalistic. Do you abide by everything that the law says? And this is why he says this, right? You who don't have any sin, the sinless one among you, throw the first stone. Bending down again, he wrote some more in the dirt. Hearing that, they walked away one after another, beginning with the oldest. I love that the Bible points that out. It's like the oldest one, of oh, surely this, this guy has been around long enough. He's known the law the longest. And he is not sinless. The woman was left alone. Jesus stood up and spoke to her, Woman, where are they? Does no one condemn you? Like what what hate is that? They they gone? Oh, they don't they don't have nothing to say? Oh they're oh so they're they're like you. Everybody has sin? Oh, okay. And then she says, No one, master. And he said, Neither do I. She said, They gone. I guess no one condemns me. He says, Neither do I said jesus go on your way from now on don't sin so i bring this story up what does this have to do with what i'm talking about i bring this story up because jesus was just he was amazing at saying the right things at the right times in interesting situations right in this situation this woman who was caught in adultery was obviously wrong i mean the bible goes on and on about You know, not committing these sexual sins, not committing adultery for a number of reasons that I'm not going to get into. It goes on and on about it. And she was obviously wrong and she was obviously sorry. She wasn't sitting there. I can say I I can draw the conclusion that she was sorry about it because it's not like she was sitting up there. No, y'all wrong. Y'all got the wrong one. I mean, of course, she was a woman. And back then, women didn't have as much of a voice. They weren't as vocal as we are now. But I can imagine in present day when I'm wrong and I'm caught red handed, I'm not going up talking about, oh, I will, well, no, you got the wrong person and well, you should have seen what such and such did. Like you were caught red-handed, meaning you're in the middle of the act, meaning you have no time to make up anything. You can't cover yourself. You are completely exposed and embarrassed at this point. It's humiliating, right? She is humiliated and humbled at the fact that she just got caught doing something that she knows she is not supposed to do that is punishable by death. So she's obviously deserving of what the Pharisees are proposing Right She knows the, the consequences of her actions She should be stoned According to what the law says But Jesus He not only Defends her By getting the people away Who honestly probably weren't even Really there for her They were more there for him But even if Even you know They did bring her in And by law They did have the right to do so They could have just did it but they brought her in and so he defended her he stood and this is one of my favorite scriptures in first corinthians uh, chapter 13 it says you stand your ground in defending those you love and so he stood his ground in defending her you know he's he's defending her with with kind words he didn't get nasty he didn't turn up on people you know he wasn't flipping tables in this scenario he was real calm just right in the dirt he was you know he was being an artist in a minute in a minute just you know right in the midst of everything just chilling writing on the dirt cool like you gotta be real secure to just right in the dirt when somebody is sitting here talking about i'm about to kill her like i love jesus i swear i do anyway so This lady, obviously remorseful, obviously embarrassed and exposed. Jesus defends her and he doesn't turn around and then say to her, shame on you. Why did you do that? You shouldn't have done that. So on and so forth, because she already knows she knows it was wrong. Obviously, she knows that she could have been stoned. And she knows that she's undeserving of the grace he's extending. However, he doesn't have to reiterate that. And I think that's the point that I really want to make here. Sometimes being a good friend and Jesus is the best friend that we could ever have. Being a good friend does not mean that we have to say the correct things all the time. Sometimes being a friend is just saying what's needed in the moment using wisdom. Of course, you know, I would not advise you if you have a friend that's in a a hard time and and you say something like you want me to go beat somebody up and they like, you know that they'll be ready to like call you to fight and you really not about their life. Like, don't, don't say that. That's not wise. Use wisdom, of course. But I'm just saying like in that moment, Jesus knew that she didn't need to hear how wrong she was she already knew that he knew that she knew how wrong she was and so in the same way when it comes to our friendships when it comes to being there being that shoulder to lean on we have to be remind we have to remind ourselves and and be cognizant of the fact that our friends they need a shoulder You know, they need a hand. We need to do it in compassion and do it in love. He did this in love. And he and you can still remind somebody of the truth. You know, he he first says, I don't condemn you. How comforting is that? You're standing there feeling humiliated, feeling embarrassed, feeling like, you know, probably angry with yourself angry with the situation sad and and all of these different things afraid and he comforts her with this custom-made phrase I don't I don't condemn you either can you imagine the relief she felt I mean obviously it doesn't erase what she just did but it gives her comfort and hope to know that this doesn't define her life and then he says Go on your way. From now on, don't sin. He still reminds her of the truth. And I think that's the part that we get stuck at sometimes. We just want to say the thing that we're supposed to say. And we don't. It's like a total package. So he gives her that comforting word in the right time. And then he also reminds her of truth. And there's a way that we can do that and still honor God and still be good friends and still be human beings. You know, what I ended up telling my friend. I said, it's okay to not be okay. That was the true part. Do you want me to run amok? I mean, obviously, I know she's not going to ask me to actually run amok. And she knows that I'm not going to actually show up to the hospital unless I absolutely need to, to run amok. Because, I mean, logically, probably won't work anyway. Um, you know, security will be waiting for me. And, you know, I'm a goody two-shoe, not about that life. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not a pushover. I I love the Lord and I will also offer these hands if need be, you know, I I ain't no punk, you know what I'm saying? Um, But I just thank God that he gives me wisdom to know which battles to fight and which battles not to fight. Amen. We gonna leave that there. Uh, But, you know, I was able to to give her something comforting to let her know that I was on her side. And then I followed up with, hey, you know what? I'm praying for you. I know that this is a frustrating time, but just know like everything's going to be okay." I know it sucks right now everything will get better though it gives a person that that sense of comfort where they can be receptive of those seemingly cliche sayings everything is going to be okay And and i've talked about this a little bit when i was dealing with grief you know just talking about when my sister passed away you know i know that people mean well when they're just like well how are you and it's like well how do you think i am um my sister just died it sucks i'm not okay You know, and sometimes like when I especially in this time with quarantine and COVID-19, there are a lot of people dying. I've had a lot of people that I know personally get sick and pass away from this awful disease. And it has gotten to the point now where it's like it's custom. You know, you ask people like, how are you doing? And I know people mean well. Sometimes that question is it just reminds me of the pain that I'm feeling. And sometimes people will just send a heart emoji or a kiss emoji or a cyber hug since we can't hug in real life right now, Um, you know, or just saying, send me a funny meme or something like that. And it lets me know they're thinking about me and it it reminds me that they're with me. And then they might follow up with something like, you know, I know it's tough right now, but everything's going to be okay. And it's like taking your medicine and knowing that it might not taste so great going in, but you know that it's going to, you know. It's going to make you feel better. I don't know if anybody else takes apple cider vinegar. I think it's awful. It tastes like rejection, honestly, personal opinion. Um, But when I take it, like I know that it has excellent health benefits and it tastes awful and I have no way to make it taste less awful. But sometimes I got to chase it with something or mix it with something and I can receive it and still get the health benefits. So I will put it in some water with honey or I'll put it in a shot of um, orange juice and I'm able to get the nutrients that I need and it doesn't taste so bad going in I'm able to, to you know receive it better right and I think that's what happens when we're being good friends and we're saying the right word at the right time it's it can be the truth wrapped in in the the rightness of that that comforting word. That makes it more receptive to hear the things that everybody else is already going to say, you know, don't do that or, you know, trust in the Lord or be patient. All of those things are true, are absolutely necessary to to say and to hear. However, you know, you want to be careful in how you express those things to people and, and be cognizant of where they are. I'm sure that Jesus could have turned to that girl and, and, I mean, to the woman, sorry, and say something like, well, why did you do that? Or don't you know that that was wrong? What's wrong with you? But why would Jesus do that? He he already knew that she knew it was wrong. He knew her heart. He saw her. And that's the thing. Like, when you know, you, you have friends, you know them. You know what they're going through. You know what kind of state of mind they're in. And you're able to say things that make them feel like, hey, I'm with you. We're going to get through this together. They just want to feel like they have that solidarity. So I hope that this made sense. Um, I think that it's an important topic that doesn't really get talked about a lot in church or in religious circles. It's important to be good friends. It's important to know the right thing to say at the right time. Uh, There's another scripture. I don't have it pulled up at the moment, um, but I can find it. It says um, to be careful about like having a joyous greeting around your neighbors right and I remember when I first read that scripture it was just like well that doesn't make any sense why would I need to be careful with that when I did some more digging the bible talks about how we should be cognizant of if we're in celebration and our neighbor is in mourning it can be taken as an insult if we're like celebrating and they're in mourning so it's like If you just got some great news and you call your friend and you'd be like, oh my gosh, girl, guess what? You would never believe this amazing thing happened. And she just found out somebody died and now she's angry. Not even, it's it's not that she deserves to be angry, but she's angry because it's almost insensitive that you didn't sense the tone. Right? That's the thing. Sense the tone. Sometimes we have to sense the tone of a situation and say okay what's best needed here it doesn't mean that your thing isn't worth celebrating it doesn't mean that you don't want to cheer up your friend if your friend is sad and they want to feel that feeling that's okay let them know it's okay to feel your feelings i'm here with you the bible talks about that so much and and god I just love Jesus, like I said, you know, and the Holy Spirit, like he's there with us. The Holy Spirit loves us so much that he makes prayers out of our moans and groans. When we are too distraught to even have the words to say, he will make prayers out of those things, out of the, oh, and oh, my God, and oh, Jesus, and the crying and the tears. Like he understands where we are and we can come as we are and we should be able to allow that space for our friends because it makes it easier for them to receive the truth and the wisdom that will follow those moments when we offer a joke or those moments that we offer solidarity. It will make it easier to receive. It's understanding that human condition. So I hope that you enjoyed this um, session in the living room. I hope that you enjoyed what we learned about Um, And I don't want that to sound too churchy, but I I definitely enjoyed the reminder this week, just pondering on what it looks like to be a good friend. I think that we really need that in this time, especially in the state that the world is in. People need friends that are going to be there and let them feel their feelings. Let them cry their tears. Let them laugh their laughs. All of those things, because. It's, it's just really difficult time. It's a really difficult time for people. So I want you guys to know that I'm praying for you as always, that I am here for you. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. And I definitely want to continue to connect. So I'm just going to pray really quickly and um, I hope that you have a wonderful Monday. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to again come into the living room and learn about where worship fits in in our everyday lives. And I ask that you would just continue to bless every person that is listening, every person that tunes in, bless their homes, bless their families, keep them safe, oh God, heal their bodies, heal their minds, oh God, heal our land, Father. I pray that you would just continue to give wisdom to all of those that are working on vaccines and working on on uh, tests and different things to combat this virus. Oh Lord, I thank you that the blood of Jesus heals all that even while you are instructing man to figure out Medicinal ways to combat this virus. That the blood of Jesus already cured it. And I just thank you, Father, for miracles. I thank you, Father, for great testimonies that'll be pouring in about what you're doing in people's lives. Oh God, not just physically, but mentally, spiritually, financially, socially. Oh God, I thank you, Father, that this will be a time of refreshing. That this will be a time of of expectation and and of elevation. In Jesus' name. And I just pray, Father, that you will continue to instill your word in us. Just continue you to shape and mold us to be good friends and to be and to be a great um shoulder to cry on oh god that we can be the people that stand up for those that we love that we can stand our ground in defending them that we can love on them that we can make them laugh and smile that we can be a source of comfort teach us how to comfort others in this season oh god in jesus name we thank you we praise you and we love you amen all right guys you have a wonderful week and i will talk to you soon Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to connect with you. Find me on social media at Crystal Ellsworth at C-H-R-I-S-T-A-L-L-U-S-T-E-R so we can support each other in this life journey. And please, please leave a review from our podcast. I truly value your support. Until next time, say it with me. I am loved, I am destined for greatness, and I have the capacity to worship intimately. Have an amazing day.